I'm Pastor Daniel Morris, and you're listening to Sharing the Bread of Life, a podcast by St. Timothy's Lutheran Church in Skokie, Illinois. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular subscriber, I pray that Christ feeds you from the stories and testimony you'll hear today. We do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. May the Lord fill you with every good thing, and may you have enough left over to share. Gospel of Luke chapter 21, 1 to 12. On the first day of the week at early dawn, the woman, women came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went, went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men and dazzling clothes stood beside them. And the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you why he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his word, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest, not it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the, uh, and the other women with them who told this to, to the apostles. But this word seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stopping and looking in his shoulder, linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had, had happened, the gospel of the Lord. Did you ever dissect pigs in biology class? I know, happy Easter, enjoy your bacon at brunch. <laughs> but raise, seriously, raise your hand if you've dissected a pig in biology class. All right, quite a few people have. Uh, I did this during my senior year of high school. And I remember being both excited and disgusted as I studied the miracle that is the body. Recently, a research team at Yale University made a breakthrough discovery that makes my senior biology project look like child's play. Journalist Nell Greenfield-Boyce published the story in NPR last week. The research team successfully revived cellular activity in the brains of pigs who had died four hours earlier. Now, until this experiment, scientists considered brain death to be irreversible. Now they are rethinking their assumptions. You and I both know that history only moves in one direction. Words can't be gathered back into our mouth, and actions can't be undone. Death is a permanent State, which is why the experiment conducted at Yale is so remarkable. It has potential to completely change the way that we approach everything from brain damage to end-of-life decisions. Developed far enough 
this technology might even be able to bring the dead back to life under the right circumstances. This is not the first time that humanity has reached for the dream of immortality. Ever since the days of the ancient Egyptians with mummification, or modern-day cryogenic freezing, or even attempts to implant our consciousness into robotic likenesses, we have been pursuing immortality. The problem is that these discoveries will come too little too late for most of human history. And if and when it does come, it's a dream that will only be realized by those who can afford it. Such technology may be able to prolong life, but all bodies eventually do wear out. Like Lazarus and like others whom Jesus restored to life after they had died, all of us must return to the dust from which we were taken. History only moves in one direction, and the crucifixion of Jesus was one such historical event. The women were painfully aware of the permanence of crucifixion as they made their way to the tomb through the receding darkness of that first Easter morning. While the rest of Judea had been preparing their homes to celebrate salvation from Egypt, these women had been preparing burial spices for their beloved teacher. Sabbath regulations were such that they were prevented from tending to his body until sunrise on the first day of the week. They had no reason to think that Jesus' body was going anywhere, least of all that he would be raised from the dead. The resurrection of an individual was unprecedented, unheard of, and the general resurrection of the dead would not take place until the end of all time. Their expectations were shattered when they arrived at the tomb and discovered that the stone had been rolled away and Jesus' body was missing. Then two men in dazzling clothes suddenly appeared beside them and they were struck with terror. The displaced stone, the missing body, the appearance of angels... Even in those days, it seemed like speculative nonsense to those who had studied by Jesus' side for three years. Peter ran to the tomb and found it just as the women had described. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. But what exactly did happen? The empty tomb must have filled Jesus' followers with the same kind of excitement and confusion that scientists felt after the Yale research team's findings were released. It was a groundbreaking discovery that led to some of the greatest study and soul-searching recorded in the Bible. Over the next 50 days, Jesus' disciples would report strange encounters with the risen Christ in their homes, in their places of work, around the dinner table, and on the road. 
under his guidance, they would discover that Christ had always been in the scriptures, a truth that was previously hidden from them. And although they couldn't imagine it in that moment of grief, the seemingly idle tale of the women would become the most important truth in their lives. Only the promised Holy Spirit could help them understand the significance of the empty tomb. But the Spirit would not come and rest on them until the celebration of the harvest known as Pentecost. For now, heaven alone ratified the truth of Jesus' resurrection. The angels kept the message alive even when faith was impossible for humanity. This gives me hope, because it means that God continues to address the world with the good news of Jesus Christ, even when you and I are weighed down by the oppressive silence of the tomb. The resurrection is not of human origin. It is grounded in God, and therefore proceeds from absolute truth. If the empty tomb and the angel's proclamation are not an idle tale, we must grapple with these events just as Jesus' followers did. If we stand outside the tomb today and return to normal life tomorrow, then we have missed the significance of the resurrection for our lives. The resurrection of Christ from the dead has huge spiritual, social, and ethical implications if it is true. One of the most important discoveries that Jesus' followers would make is that the resurrection to eternal life is not just about what happens to us when we die. It's about living into a new creation with integrity, not governed by the laws and the customs of this age, but by the spirit of the age to come. The coming age is an age of life for all creation. It is more than a restoration of what was. It is a new creation. For the one-way flow of history no longer ends in death. It moves through death into new life. Christ has taken death's place as the ultimate destination of creation, as the ultimate destination of humanity. Even those who existed before Jesus are, were, are, were, was born, even they, even they are under his lordship. For new life comes to us through faith, and Christ gives new life to all people, freely and in unlimited quantities. Such gifts are worth as much or more than the potential benefits of the Yale research team. The empty tomb challenges us to rethink our assumptions about history, faith, and life. It shatters our expectations, making room for the spirit to rearrange the pieces into a picture of the new creation. It is God's will that we should be made new and receive new life. Trust in God's promise. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of Sharing the Bread of Life. For more information on the mission and ministries of St. Timothy's Lutheran Church, please visit our website at www.stTimothyskokie.org or like us on Facebook. Check back next week for a new episode. The blessing of Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you now and always.